0: Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 8, Incidental Episode, Al Ewing. Welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana and usually each and every Sunday we're talking comics, comic cons, con culture and all the stuff and nonsense that we get to enjoy at such shows. We're also doing the Wednesday shows as well while we're in lockdown. So we've got two more Wednesdays of those. We've got a special guest, which we're going to be announcing on Monday. We're going to have that all that confirmed for the Wednesday show, but uh, do, of course, jump in with the social medias, because that's where all the updates will be for the uh, upcoming episodes. Now, why we're doing the show on a Saturday is our incidental episode. It's our uh, special ones where we managed to entice a guest on, which perhaps isn't able to join us for the Sunday show or the midweek show. And uh, when I spoke to uh, our guest, he just turned around and said, I prefer to keep things to the weekend. Usually, I, when I'm speaking to guests, it's more a case of they turn around and say, no, um, I, we like the weekend to ourselves. But no, Al was more than happy to uh, uh, sacrifice an hour or so on his Saturday. So I'd like to yeah. welcome newing to a show. Hello, Al. How are you doing, sir? Hello.
1: Uh, not too bad. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I always, always sort of work during the week. So um, this is... You're
0: sort of... an old, old school, work I through the week. Have okay. a weekend to yourself. Fair yeah,
1: yeah, mostly, for the most part. Um, <laughs> I do a little bit of work at the other weekend, but not, not, much.
0: not much. Fair enough. The three questions that I've been starting this run, uh, season eight of the shows are, uh, number one, what is your brew to hand? I did a show with Kevin Scott uh, in the middle of the week, and he was telling me about uh, his various collection of teas, including the Yorkshire Tea Digestive Biscuit edition which somebody bought me, I think, as a dare. And I've made myself a cup of this stuff. Um, so that's what I'm having, which is tea, which tastes like it's had a digestive dunked in it. It's okay. easily the most bizarre thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> so it's very, very weird. What is your brew to hand, sir? Well, to have, I mean, in the
1: cupboard, I've got Yorkshire tea or coffee. I, I drink a lot of coffee with me right now. I've got this, this jam jar full of, um, because we're out of real glasses. <laughs> um, I've got this sort of jam jar full of water with a baraka type thing in it. Nice. And I have some. I've of that. been. Yeah, I, I I try and drink more water, and I try and. Uh, I'm trying to get more uh, more vitamins. So you know, this yeah. is a nice little, nice little thing. But yeah, we've I've got, got you know, to, we've I've got,
0: got to look out we've got to look out for ourselves uh, in 2020. That's the thing. It's, it's that is it it's, exactly it's very very strange my favorite was on sunday last week when we had uh, uh, scotty young on and he turned around and said i know it's a cup of tea and that's what we're going to do but it's in the middle of the day on a sunday and what i was going to do is get my friend's mug and just fill it with red wine and and <laughs> and blag it but uh we're, we're staying nice and uh, healthy on the on the show today yeah. so that's great question number two uh-huh. Can you remember your first Comic-Con that you went to? Um, uh, was it as a pro? Was it as a fan? Can you remember the first one that you stepped through the door?
1: I mean, I can,
0: enough to hazard a guess, it would have
1: been uh, Bristol, possibly 2003 or 2002, and I would have gone after um, selling my first script to, uh, to 2000 AD. Oh, wow. And that was in tw- 2002. Uh, but... I would have I would have started going to cons after that as a sort of a way of kind of meeting people and sort of
0: You were doing the whole networking thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of. I was I was never any really good at it. So I mean very quickly I kind of ended up just going to cons just to go. Yeah, no, I, uh it would have been around two thousand two, two thousand and three. Uh Bristol, that was that was a great con. That kind of went through some some ups and downs over the sort of the next few years. And then from there, I guess, you know, other cons around Britain, like um I remember there was one around Brighton, uh Birmingham. I guess most recently it's come down to uh Thought Bubbles being like the only British con I really go to. But like oh aside from there are some smaller ones like down south, like Oldham. I make time. For well, I small.
0: mean that, yeah, that's that's the one I was going to say, because um I mean the last two I saw you at was Oldham. And I think it was not another Comic-Con, uh, yeah. which was uh, the, the, the last two that I spotted you at.
1: Yeah, I do I do a few British ones, I guess. But in terms of like the kind of, I don't really do the London ones anymore because I, you know, I don't really like going down to Docklands. Um, <laughs> I can't navigate, you know, all of that. Is it just the scale or? Uh, it's a bit I, I, get,
0: I get confused between the two rooms.
1: Yeah, it's it's the... I mean, I went to one... I went to a London one last year because Panini were like, can you come and do a signing? And I was like, well, I can pop down on the day. And then while I was there, uh, a friend of mine was sort of doing some cosplaying there. So I did, you know, I did my signing and then we just went and had a drink. And, you know, that was kind of... That was kind of a sort of interesting, fun thing when I wasn't tabling. So I might I might do that again. Just sort of go and, you know, chill out. I don't like... There's, you go on the tube and then you have the secret tube that, you know, you have to sort of go on like the special, the DLR to kind of get to the the venue and it's like, oh no, I can never get my head around it. Yeah, I think I also
0: with the, the way over the last couple of years they've also when they've closed a couple of the stops down and you then have to negotiate yeah. what stop to get off And it, it yeah thank you very much indeed for that DLR it, it <laughs> helps, helps a lot helps loads and yeah. the third question I've been asking is um when you go to conventions um obviously you get the chance to sit next to uh, some of your peers and some of your idols and some of those people that uh, you grew up reading the stories of and those people you read um as a kid perhaps any of those moments where the mouth's gone a little bit cotton-filled and the, the knees have gone a little bit wobbly? Any um, Idol-inspired uh, moments? There are a couple. I um probably my
1: my very favourite one of those was um, I was at a con and ended up sort of in the green room with uh, Marv Wolfman for a about an hour or so, and you know we we're just like it was just chilling out and chatting about uh video games of all things and um really? yeah just sort of you know talking about the ones we like moaning about aspects of other ones i know batman like arkham knight had just come out where they put the batmobile in there and that was not that was not a fun mechanic the batmobile i think <laughs> they really wanted it they really wanted it to be so they sort of forced you to drive it and it's like yeah but swinging is still The sort of spider-man type mechanic that they'd sort of put in there for the previous game that's still the best way to travel (laughs) but like you know the batmobile is this iconic thing so it's like it's nice that it's there but at the same time it's kind of you keep having to get in it it's like it's not it's not that great it's not like hmm. I, i could i could go on about the batmobile but you know Having done you that know for now, was
0: more I, I, I would be happy to do that if anything because I just find it. I mean, obviously, the designs are iconic and it's part yeah. of the uh, the iconography of the character, but it is one of the most bizarre concepts of. Well, okay, I can't believe the word that word, that phrase was just about to come out of my mouth. It's one of the most bizarre concepts of a millionaire uh, vigilante that dresses up as a bat. Um, but uh, I mean, just the whole idea of. I mean, someone's. How do you. What if he gets run over a nail? I mean, just it's, the, it's the, just the basics about owning government. a car. <laughs> well, good to go through red lights. Is he like an ambulance? What? I don't know. How does it work? I, but anyway, I mean, there was if, that, you, there was if that, you start breaking it down. Yeah, I mean, there was that film, uh, one of the Nolan
1: films, I think the first one, Batman Begins, where like the Batmobile is like this giant tank, and it's just roaring through the streets, just sort of crushing civilians' cars and like smashing up houses, and it's like okay at what point are you more of a danger than <laughs> the scarecrow at this point it's like at what point do you cross the line into like being more of a problem than the actual villains yeah and i think in that
0: car it's not that long it's not that far yeah. and then of course in dark knight as well okay let's turn it into the uh, the, the tumbler um oh, let's turn it into the bike let's blow oh, yeah. up the actual let's blow up the actual tumbler then you've got yourself military grade equipment which is just you just blow the fire out and just strip mine it off okay okay let's just let's leave it let's leave it Uh, there fair enough (laughs) like i said the the two cons that i remember seeing you at last was Oldham and and not another con. and i do love how you support the smaller cons gonna say i like the little
1: little sort of family ones um i was gonna say sort of the only kind of big con i do in in the UK, is the bubble, but that's like
0: it's pure comics, it's a what slightly I mean like life. that.
1: Yeah, what I mean by that is sort of cons like Oldham, which are sort of f- local family events. I really enjoy doing those because you get to meet sort of a it's all about the actual comics, and b you kind of get to meet you know, you get to go to like local place and you get to meet sort of local fans, and it's and and it's really good for them, and it's really nice to kind of. I mean, I do I do New York every year. And that's more about the city than the convention. Although, you know, I do, the organizers watching this, I do enjoy the convention as well, but it is big. <laughs> it's big and it's 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 a sort of working weekend. It takes a lot out of you. Whereas like something like Oldham, it's just a pure pleasure to sort of go and just chill out at a table and sort of sell, you know, I, I sell my comps. I kind of like, um, and that's just so I'm not just, you know, sitting there like a lemon with nothing. I've done a couple of conventions like that, forgetting to keep a bunch of comps aside. And it's you know, it's better I to know, have I, something on the table.
0: It must be strange for a writer to to go to a convention. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously the panels are great because then it is about the breaking down of craft. It's about the story. Yeah, yeah. It, you're yeah. talking about something. But when you yeah. sat behind a table, it, it's I can imagine it's. It's a slightly different mechanic than if you are an artist. If it's something that um, you are displaying your wares as a, an artist, as it were, and you can do the, bring the sketches yeah. out and you can do that. that. Um, it's very difficult to uh, have someone come up and say, hi, write me a piece of dialogue. Um, and there's I- quite often at cons there's a point where
1: people sort of find out that I do sketches. I went to one in Texas, and I think about, like, at some point it was either it might have been on the first day it might have been like on the second but at some point somebody sort of jokingly asked for a sketch and i i did one and i'm a sort of a fair to middling cartoonist uh, when it comes to faces i can do i can do a very decent sketch of the hulk you know it's like obviously i'm not i'm not an artist i i don't have the sort of basic skills but i'm you know i can cartoon and i can cartoon a hulk face And people were, like, very pleased when I... And suddenly, you know, suddenly I'm doing, like, a lot of sketches, and I'm doing, like, sketch covers, and... uh, So it's like, once people know that you are happy to do something like that for them, they will ask for it. And obviously, you know, once we have the vaccine, and once, um, which, you know, good news about recently, uh, but once, once we're all sort of shut up with it and we can do cons again, then, uh, yeah, you know, if if I happen to be behind the table again, then please come forward and ask for a sketch because I'll happily do one.
0: Um, when you say you're a, a half decent cartoonist, so we're talking Mad Magazine or a, a pretty good um, rendition. Where where, where, do, where do you lie in your in your uh, skill set? I mean, like, I guess early Viz.
1: Nice. I, you know, it's I'm, I'm relatively decent. I'm I'm sort of. I can draw a face. It's I mean, the thing is, I don't want to sort of spread the word that I'm a good artist because then people <laughs> will be asking me to like draw a bicycle or a horse or like human anatomy, or any of the things that I can't really do. I'm I'm better with just you know a, a, somebody's face. I do a I do a decent Cyclops. I do a pretty good a decent Hawkeye. A pretty good Batman. You know, in that triangle of see pair of faces you know sure. i do a pretty decent make a pretty decent good at one point when i was doing doctor who i learned how to caricature matt
0: smith
1: and i mostly can't for, it, mostly I've,
0: forehead mostly chin
1: yeah i've lost the neck i know I, I gave him a sort of and i did something with his nose i can't remember what exactly but like the set of the mouth you know just just kind of learning and i, I just taught myself to do that so i could do a little matt smith sketch on things and I've I've lost the knack. If you
0: asked me to draw Matt Smith now, I couldn't do it. But uh, no, you see, you know. this is what we lose in twenty twenty when you yeah, don't get yeah. conventions to practice that. So long yeah, as it's, yeah. you, as long as the sketches are better than Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader, I think I think you'd be fine. No, yeah, uh, I am. I'm
1: I'm uh, I th- I think I'm better I'm better than a lot of writers at the little little sketchy face game. I do um I do a little a little Dalek that's mostly sort of lines and dots. <laughs> and that's that's kind of my go-to if i've only got
0: like 10 seconds to you know to do a little something then that'll be it i mean what are you predominantly missing from the convention circuit this year is it the interaction with fellow creators is it just yeah meeting people
1: i mean What's it's the- it's all of the above there are so many little facets that you don't realize you miss until they're gone certainly it's been it's been a yeah you know, convention floor hot dog you don't really get those at British cons, but you get them a lot in the States. Karaoke, another thing from American conventions. Uh, 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 you know, a long, a long flight. I was trying to sort of, I was trying to sort of wean myself off them. If you were talking to me in 2019, I was saying things like, "Oh, next year I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop doing as many long flights." Boy, you know, if only I'd known, <laughs> the monkey's poor curled. But yeah, no, I do miss, I do miss long flights. I do enjoy being on a plane. I know it's, I know it's not, it's like eating, eating beef. I'm trying to kind of cut down for, you know, environmental reasons. But like, if that wasn't a factor, I'd, I'd really enjoy long flights just to do them, uh, but enough. it is a factor, so I can't, but in terms of, yeah, karaoke is a big one, late night karaoke. There are so many comic credits who like doing that every con. In America, we kind of, at some point, we'll all be, you know, at the bar and we'll sort of start talking about it. And then a plan of action will be formed and it will become a late night karaoke session. It's pretty much every con at this point. Yeah, no, in Britain, I like going for meals with with convention people. That's always a good time.
0: I I mean, I think most people who know uh, the show uh, know that I'm a mobile DJ by trade. So yes. I have I've supplied the PA at Thought Bubble and I the intention was for twenty twenty to supply the gear for the uh uh midcom party and yeah. also on the on the Friday do a karaoke night and actually get and I had Joe, Joe Glass was going, Yeah, I'm down for that. I, I had, I had everyone just felt like yeah, everyone was just geared up for it. And, I and then that, I don't know, the year happened.
1: Yeah, I mean let's you know, I'm crossing fingers that You know the vaccine rollout will be everything that we hope it is but you know i i would love to do karaoke again obviously belting your lungs out in a crowded room is no longer (laughs) or a sealed (laughs) booth is is no longer you know no longer on the table until we've all had our shots so uh i'm just you know waiting for the day
0: what what are your three go-to tunes when it comes to karaoke um, I, oh, I love, I do a pretty good,
1: um, uh, meatloaf, uh, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Recently, I've been getting into, uh, Johnny, remember me, uh, by John Layton, And I've, I've got to kind of go to that's, um, I'll do rocket man, uh, but I'll do it in the style nice. of William Shatner.
0: <laughs>
1: and that's, that's a kind of fun, that's a kind of fun thing, but it's sort of, it's losing its place. Because it's like, it's sort of good for rooms where everybody's still warming up as a kind of icebreaker. I think most rooms I'm in these days, people come already warmed up. So it's sort of, people just want to, people just want to build it out. I did a lot in, oh, um, Fever by Peggy Lee. Turns out that's a real, no, I'm really, I, I can do a thing with my voice that works really well for that nice um
0: I think I think the last karaoke I did was San Diego and unfortunately I decided to pull out my go-to karaoke track which is rapper's delight from uh, Sugar Hill yeah thing. yeah it's it's okay um, and I'm pretty good at it but I was seven pints down and things got a bit messy at the back end it, it got a bit dicey
1: I have a very similar relationship to Ebenezer good by the Shaman yeah <laughs> uh... And in that I've never, I've never been to a character place where that's synced up in the, the, the lyrics that come up on the screen are always like a second behind what you should be singing. (laughs) So you've, A, you've got to know it. B, you can't be distracted by the actual words on the screen. And it's, it's a hard, it's a hard rap to learn because it goes along at a clip. God, that line about being mysterious and devious is just really impossible <laughs> to, like, get around. Um,
0: that's where, That's where you have a couple you know. of pints, just to kind of loosen the inhibitions in to, to have a oh, crack yeah. at it. But at least, yeah. I mean, the one thing we did get to enjoy this year was um, you still DJing at the yeah. party in some kind of strange Spotify was- virtual space. Yeah, we wanted we wanted to do it all on Twitch with
1: like um, actual DJ programs and like mix mix everything in together, but it was um, Twitch has made some decisions about copyright uh, and its relationship to copyright, and that meant that you know it turns out we can't play several hours of copyrighted music on that. <laughs> so it became a thing where like we had an updating Spotify playlist, and everybody was sort of listening to their own Spotify and kind of keeping up as best they could and it really it was, worked it out. was fun to watch it was fun to it watch. really it really worked out it really um, it really kind of brought brought people together it was sort of it was a really good night so I was very very happy to be part of it to kind of sort of pop on the decks you know one last time for thought bubble I think uh, I think I uh, you know we have those were some extraordinary circumstances we have we have now retired from that convention at least i'll i'll still go on the decks for like special occasions In other conventions never say never and weddings i'll do weddings
0: <laughs> fair, fair enough um, got a couple of people jumping in on the uh, old comments mark abnett's joining us a good friend of okay. uh, of everybody uh, pearl jam black red hot chili peppers danny california tenacious d tribute are my go-to pending uh, rum levels no, Delicious like Steve it. tribute You've got to do it at the end. It's a, it's an it's a, it's a showstopper. You've that. got to build up it's to it. it. Got to yeah, absolutely. It. <laughs> Into the bloomers that tried pearls of singer on karaoke once, and never again. That that'll do some damage if uh, you come at it wrong. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. But uh, everyone else is uh, joining as well. Johnny Fitz is joining. Hello to the awesome Al Ewing and family who work great job, sir. Thank you very much. So there we go. Right. Um, Uh, Something that I've kind of been getting into about um, uh, Comic-Cons is that thought how conventions are going to change. I mean, there's always that um, idea that uh, conventions evolve uh, with challenges. So, you know, uh, when, for example, Repop emerged with MCM, there was the idea that it would sort the wheat from the chaff. Um, You know, things would evolve and fandoms and conventions evolve. But from post 2020 how do you think they are going to grow and develop post 2020 do you and what do you think they could do better what could they have learned what can they learn from this situation I mean I, I feel like there's sort of two
1: streams to this question and that there's the response to the current situation and also the directions conventions were going in anyway uh response to the current situation I feel like maximum attendance is going to kind of is going to sort of go down aisles are going to get bigger space between tables is going to get bigger there's just going to be more room even even once we've all had our shots and we're all sort of vaccinated and i feel like that's kind of more of a given possibly in in this country and in europe than than maybe overseas uh, in america but you know hopefully hopefully everybody gets on board But, I mean, even then, I feel like people out in public are going to be wanting to wear a mask just for the safety of it for a while, wanting to kind of, um, you know, big crowds. I mean, I could be be completely wrong. I'm saying this, but I'm also, you know, I'm seeing the sort of pictures and the videos of line of people getting together in giant crowds, you know, right in the middle of it. I could be completely wrong, but I suspect conventions are at least going to sort of step in that direction you know better aisles maybe even i was talking to um there's a convention in mexico that would very much like me to attend and i've been playing it very coy because i think traveling from this country i it's more about feeling like i could give it than i could get it but like um you know they it from the sound of it they've been doing some great stuff in terms of like preparations with like uh, thinking about you know screens and flow of traffic and sort of similar things to what supermarkets have been doing so I think we're gonna we're gonna be heading in that direction I think in terms of like the more general trends something I've noticed over the past like 10 years or so is harassment policies have been getting better and more thorough so you know more of that trend happening especially now that there's sort of been a pause, it's an opportunity for conventions to sort of like think out, their policies think out like um, making everybody kind of safer and and have a better time. In terms of like panels and stuff, yeah, general sort of better balancing of panels, better kind of a little more, more thought into that. And again, these are all things that conventions are already doing and already putting their minds to. And it's just the sort of... Um, it's, it's a progression, and I feel like the kind of the break from cons is maybe an opportunity to sort of take stock and sort of make the jump forward in, in terms of things like that. I mean, I'm not, so I'm thinking in terms of like both those kind of streams of thought, but definitely what I kind of expect coming back is, oh, and again, this is, you know, speaking of progression, this is something I noticed between 2018 New York and I think 2019 New York um, was aisle width 2018 new york i felt like that was more of actually thinking god it's been so long since i've even been at a con i might be like comparing like new york and chicago or a european convention but it's like i do feel like aisle space has been getting wider and you know it's it's been more recognized and partly is is that progression that other kind of progression i was thinking earlier and that like um you've got to think of your sort of disabled uh, clientele and, like, people who don't want to be in, like, a giant, crushing crowd who, like, really good reasons not to be in that space um, or in that lack of space. And, like, but now with, you know, with COVID and everybody much more conscious of distance, I know, like, you know, I'm probably going to be antsy about getting close to people for a while. You know, even post-vaccine. You know, I'm probably going to be, like, And I think conventions are probably going to bear that in mind. I'd have thought just, you know, even if it's just because like the people organizing them feeling that way and sort of, uh, I mean, you know, who knows, who knows. There might be a convention somewhere in the middle of like, some deep swampy state um <laughs> i
0: don't i don't know you know they're no, american... that's, that's still trying to organize ones that, uh, i don't know i deep... don't
1: know my american states i don't know like what, <laughs> what like the craziest ones are but like some some sort of super viruses hog state you know yeah um somebody organizing yeah we're gonna have it in a shoebox <laughs> to own the libs but like you know i suspect it's gonna be erring on the side of caution and you know a lot more space, less stuff in the space. Is to kind of keep a level of distance, you know. I yeah. think that's going to become the new. Staying apart is going to be the new getting together.
0: <laughs> Just to say as well, I mean, you, you say you don't know American states. Don't worry, neither does Trump's legal team. So you're oh, perfectly fine yes, on true. that mm-hmm. regard. So that's fine. Yeah. For myself, I mean, for myself, and do jump in with your thoughts on these because my three things which I feel are going to. Uh, Change, or we're going to see at conventions. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see as many legacy creators. I, I think creators of a certain age are just going to be a little, a little bit like they're going weary. to be a bit we're, weary about going into mm-hmm. a room full of people they don't know where they don't know yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the lay of the land. Um, that's number one. Number two, we kind of started seeing this with repop and with the uh, uh, New York Comic Con. They started doing this a lot, and they were on the edge of just getting it right, which is using mobile devices to kind of monitor where people were going and get a sense of it because they were using them for install the app and you can get a gift or you can do a treasure hunt or something. But then if you have the app installed, then the organisers can get a sense of where people are in the building and get a sense of what's going on. I think that could be be happening. And for number three, it's the pairing into uh, the virtual convention. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of people... On screens, uh, at panels uh, taking part, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> people I mean, are trying I, to get their head around the whole vi- the video conferencing thing now. I mean, that could that could kind of change the
1: game in terms of panels. If like you know, you're sitting down, you've got your mic in front of you, you've got a little camera in front of you as well, and it's like because yeah, that was that was just occurring to me that like um, you know when you when you said about like older guests, that thing of like. Everything we associate with concerts, not just the crowds on the floor, it's like going into a room with like 500 people in it and the doors are closed and you're projecting. I can see less people wanting to be in that room, but less people having to be in that room. Like you just have like 50 people who want the special and everybody else kind of watching on their screen. While walking the floor, while kind of, um, you know, outside the building in the fresh air, I mean, it could be that I've just been thinking way too small about the evolution of conventions. And like once you bring in screens, you could really, and phones, you could really kind of, yeah, just change the whole nature of a panel.
0: Although I am thinking back to my first ever panel where I hosted the panel. Mm. Uh, My first ever one was San Diego (laughs) (laughs) Comic-Con. That's how you start. Um, and I did a um, British Invasion panel. Yeah. So we had uh, David Lloyd on stage. We had uh, Paul Levitz on stage. We had uh, Kieran Gillen on stage. And we were going to be having Dave Gibbons uh, and Paul Jenkins up on Skype on the screen. Yeah. And two two minutes before the panel started, the internet crapped out completely. Oh, so there's there's that. I think people are going to work out better internet connections and, and make it work. Mark Abnett's joining in and saying virtual okay. cons. Do need to step up and actually have a virtual element. If each stall holder could set up at home and be live all day on YouTube or accessible online, it would be a good start. Um Um, I I think that's that's for virtual cons, yes, because they need to that's one of the tiers of things they need Mm. to get right, because they need to make that connection again so people can sell stuff and actually make that. Yeah.
1: I think all all day is a big ask but like I mean it's a it's a big ask physically but sort of I can I can see it happening I can see it being quite tough I I kind of um my partner is a is a a, a sort of small press uh, stall holding kind of person and so I was sort of I had a front row seat for the that aspect of uh, the thought bubble virtual con and kind of like okay oh how's this working and then you know, I did my sort of DJ DJ thing, and you know, and I've done I've done panels, I've done virtual panels for things like the, the Baltimore Con, virtuals, but and it's very similar to what we're doing now. It's down to the down to the stream yards. It's kind of um, but I mean, the you, I think is the
0: interaction they need to get right. Yeah,
1: the the idea of being in front of a camera all day, it's I feel like there's something about that that's like different from being behind a table all day. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure how I put it into words, but something about you kind of travel to a con, and you sort of you're leaving your home, you're kind of you're going away. You've you've got it into your head that it's like a work a work weekend, um, you know, you do set up uh, times. I I've been getting much better about this through the years. of basically like less so at places like Oldham, I'm much more comfortable just being behind my table like the whole day there. But, like, definitely at New York, I'll kind of go, okay, I'm going to be here for a couple of hours, and I'm going away, and then I'm going to be here for another couple of hours in the afternoon. But, like, I mean, last New York, all Saturday I was gone, and I put up on my table, like, I'm sorry, today I've got, like, three panels and, like, another thing and a meeting, so I'm not going to be here today, but I will see you Sunday. And, you know, it's... Whereas I feel like there's something different when you're sort of in your home... And like, I mean, if nothing else, the, you know, it, I couldn't sit with my laptop on my knee, like all day. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do uh, for my work, but it's like, I, you know, I put it down and I get up and I go to the toilet and things like that. Um, I don't know, there's something a little bit different when, uh, about the idea of a camera watching you in your home all day. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like there's definitely something in that, uh, in that like you could, you could go a little further into that territory for a virtual con. But um, I think it's definitely something to kind of. There's a happy
0: medium, um, but yeah. well, the, the thing I suggested for mainframe because um, yeah. we had the guys, the organizers on uh, just before they did Baltimore. Uh, and i said uh, it literally it was a, an idea that popped into my head while we were actually on the stream yeah. so i it was completely my fault for actually saying it out loud which yeah. was basically uh, have another coincidental stream alongside the live streams that were happening um as a cute almost like a qvc sort of like home selling um uh, stream oh, where man. you then invited um creatives on for 10 15 minutes to showcase their bits and pieces, showcase their website, talk to them, so there's an actual dialogue and people can interact and ask questions and whatever, and then just rotate yeah. the talent throughout See, the that, course of the day. Oh, at which point that they turned works. around and said, great, we'll, we'll send you the gold lame suit <laughs> and you can do it. And I went, uh, I'll, I'll hold off on that. But yeah, that's... Yeah, <laughs> you, do need,
1: you, do need, you do need hosts. But uh, yeah, people can work in shifts. It's, it's a good idea. On, uh, there's something about the visual element as well of like kind of talking into a camera and like, um, I'm not used to like seeing my own face for this long. I keep trying to get my head to work. And it's like, but it's like uh, on a podcast, if I'm just sort of talking like I'm on the phone, I can go for like a couple of hours. So I should be, you know, if I budget the time, I should be able to do the same thing on a video. Um, you'd think, yeah. You'd think, but it's it's not. It's there's these subtle, subtle little differences that that make it make it tricky. Yeah.
0: Um, so it's when it comes when it, it comes to the virtual conventions, then I mean, considering that I think that you've been then on one of the better ones that have managed to get certainly the interactivity with the audience right, which is mainframe and with Baltimore Comic Con. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel conventions have got right, and what do you think they've got wrong? And not just for the fans either, but also as a creator, uh, as somebody who is. Uh, in terms of um, actually getting the word out about a project or something? Is it something that the virtual conventions are getting right? What, what do you think they're getting? I mean, right? it's it's a, little, it's a
1: little kind of hard to, because um, I don't feel like I've done the whole convention experience virtually. I think definitely Mark had a point in terms of like making it virtually more like the real thing. I could do a thing where I was sort of just available for a couple of hours to anyone who sort of rang in that would be a form of a panel. I don't know how much I'd enjoy it, but it'd definitely be a, a form of a panel. I've mostly done these spotlight panels though, which are basically sort of, again, not super different from podcasts. You know, before all this, you know, I did a lot of podcasts, I did a lot of, I did a couple of like video podcasts where, you know, it's recorded and it goes up on the YouTube. But what I haven't done for a virtual convention yet is an actual panel panel, which I guess would be like a Zoom call. Right. And it'd be like you know the the moderator would be there, and then there'd be sort of four of us all tried to trying to get a word in edgeways. I kind of feel like that that would go like a normal panel in the same sort of waiting our turn, you know. I,
0: um, I, I, produced, I produced a couple for Thought Bubble, but well, I mean, I well, I did um, I did one for Ron which was yeah. um a writer's workshop which ended up yeah. being two and a half hours <laughs> which he got he got into it uh, yeah. and then yeah. i got uh, approached by a creator an artist and basically i i produced two of her panels and then hosted a third so i was the kind of moderator and did the whole um the panel host bit but then the other two i kind of was directing camera and so like making people full screened and moving things around putting graphics up and whatever. So yeah, I mean it, there's there's some panels that are doing that and kind of repl- replicating the six people upon a table thing. I mean that's because I've I've
1: done a lot of Zoom meetings now. I feel like a panel would be easier because there'd be less people.
0: Yeah.
1: I yeah, I don't know, it's it's hard to kind of think of anywhere where there's like there's room for improvement that isn't isn't that stuff Mark was talking about about trying to get a little closer to the um to the kind of the non-virtual thing um and i mean there's and things like that your your qvc suggestion that's that's a good idea that's like i've said i've said it out loud now that's the that's
0: the thing i've said it out loud no
1: because i'm i'm thinking of like because right now we've got a thing where like uh, there are these sort of virtual stores that are basically sort of web pages and it's like driving yeah. people to those. Um, there needs to be a way to do that, but at the same time, the people, the people running the stores, you know, like on the day, you could, you could have a thing where they're sort of sitting in front of their camera on, on their own YouTube wedding. But that that just feels sort of because okay, the difference between a virtual con and a real world con is that in the real world. There's a limit to the number of people that you can have in the building, and very, very few people. It's almost like a truism thing where, like, you know, you get, a, you get a lot of stick online, but when people talk to you in the real world, even if they, like, they disagree completely, they're really nice to you <laughs> for the most part, you know, barring not jobs, weirdos, and creeps. But, you know, 99, nine nine, like nine times out of 10, people are just really, really pleasant in the real world even if they wouldn't be online. But virtual conventions are just all online. So it's like, I'm slightly kind of like, not 100% about sort of subjecting people to like, the wild west of the internet, like um, in com- like a convention where you've thrown over open the doors to the entire planet. 'Cause we had some trolls in. We had a couple of trolls in on the DJing thing. We had like um yeah. a couple of people kind of very quickly seeing a way to abuse the system. And we sort of locked it down and closed them out, but like, you know, not not before some dong was hung to <laughs> East you know, there was and it was kind of so yeah, there's that there's that kind of whole and the QVC thing, it feels like that adds a layer of sort of organization to it a way to sort of drive people to the things without sort of people having to sort of get up and like hawk their wares. If you've got like yeah. a dedicated kind of professional moderator doing that Oh, part, easy, easy tiger. <laughs> Let's like not go that far. <laughs> moderators in shifts. Um, but yeah, you know, the gold lame suit. If you've got somebody, you know, in the gold lame suit and like in shifts and, you know, just like people doing it for a couple of hours, swapping out, you know, six people could cover a day.
0: Um, I, I'm, I'm actually up for doing the, a 12-hour thing. If anything, I'd do it for charity. And, and not only that, but I think a lot of people would like to see me crash and burn. Uh, I think uh, a couple of people may remember. I did um, Portsmouth Comic Con. I was yeah. panel hosting that particular weekend. Um, we did a whole bunch of stuff, that particular thing. And then we kind of got to the end of the Sunday as well. And I ended up doing uh, my Sunday show. And I believe I actually fell asleep on camera. I I seem to remember that happening. And people did point that out. So yeah it's, it's it can be it can be done Bit um, of I,
1: did, in your story. I did get myself a twitch a twitch account so i could be kind of part of the the djing thing on the twitch stream so i do i do have a twitch account now and you know i could if i wanted to use that for a charitable purpose there's a thing this this guy i watch the youtube videos of sometimes uh h mama guy he um he did this thing where he was playing like n NS- like donkey kong i think it was it's donkey kong country it's like n64 donkey kong yeah. it's the one where you've got to collect all the bananas and he was doing like um and it's like famously it's famously terrible uh in terms of like to get a hundred percent they just they make you work for it they just make you like it's not like it's not like super mario odyssey where like oh it's all right you can collect like some of the moons that's fine. We'll let you have the end. Um, you don't have to collect every single, <laughs> no, no. On this game, you've got to collect like every single like bauble and it's all supremely kind of, but he he sort of did this, this thing for charity and it sort of took like, um, it took days. You know, that's the kind of thing that like in the back of my head, it's like one day I won't be working on as many comics and I'll have time to do something really stupid. <laughs> What are the odds, Al? Um, I mean, it's eventually, eventually uh, people are going to get sick of me. You know, the Wheel of Fortune turns. In comics, the Wheel of Fortune always turns. Uh, eventually, people are going to get sick of me. You know, the new hotness will come along. I'll be, sort of, I'll be showing the door. I'll walk off into the sunset, and you'll see a lot more of Twitch. me. <laughs> you'll see a lot more of me doing stupid video game stuff on Twitch. That'll be more like my <laughs> next career. It's like um, just like an old man playing video games on Twitch.
0: Well, I mean, well, like- to be fair, though, to be fair, I mean, to kind of fall into that, um, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I mean, uh, considering that what you've got on on your plate at the moment, which is pretty damn impressive, I I'm very
1: happy with the amount of work that I have and, and the work that I'm doing, um, and I'm very glad of it, and and a big thanks to um, everyone who's picking up my stuff. But you know, memento mori. Eh? You two must die. It's like eventually, you know, I'm gonna be sort of yeah, you know, coming back for the occasional uh, Hulk mini series, and sort of, you know, eventually my time will be done, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's when I'm gonna play a lot of video games, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. For myself, I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's not gonna happen. Any yeah, yeah. Soon. Ho- like hopefully, say, hopefully what, you, what you what you what you've, what you've been doing. Uh, and what what's been coming out for the last couple of years uh, has just been top shelf mind blowing i mean we'll, okay we'll start with the big um, event of the year we'll go with it uh, talk with empire um, yeah. this was yeah. this was the uh, the event series for marvel uh, the crossover avengers versus fantastic yeah. four yeah um now that the series is complete uh, i mean thoughts on now it's all done uh, I mean, do you feel that you stuck the landing on what you wanted to achieve when you first started? How well I, do you feel it came off?
1: I feel like I did. I think. I think you know, it's sort of um, there were there were people who liked it, and there were people who didn't. As with everything, I feel like I kind of I did what I wanted to do. In that, you know, I kind of. I mean, my, from my side of it, I kind of um, I gave. Uh, wiccan and hulkling a big spotlight and a big boost which was kind of part of what i went in going in you know thinking like after like the initial emails when we sort of decided what the story was going to be going in kind of knowing like okay we're going to do some big stuff with the crew and the scrolls going in my thing was like okay this is a chance to really sort of bring hulkling back to the main stage really elevate that character bring you know Wiccan along as well obviously they're very much a duo and kind of get that front and centre. And, you know, it did become, like, the golden opportunity to, like, finally have that wedding that, you know, Marvel Comics has been promising for, like... Decades. Decades, yeah. And, you know, yeah, they're, they're marrying young, but, you know, high school sweethearts, it happens. Um, they're, like, twenty twenty two at this point. It's fine. You know, people get married at that age. And it's like... Um, I mean, obviously, it does call into attention the entire... Don't look too closely at the wobbling Marvel aging thing, you know. Don't ask how old Cyclops is. <laughs> don't do that. No, I've got a very clear idea of how old Bruce Banner is, and he's thirty-eight. But I, you know, this is a thing I can sort of. This is the thing I can sort of say out of continuity. <laughs> and it's yeah. like. Everybody at Marvel's going to have a different idea, a different number for that. Yeah. I think you mean twenty-eight. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, I think when it, when it came to Wiccan and Hulkling, I mean, I yeah, the, the response was oh, staggering. For me, I thought it was just inc- incredible. I thought it was just so positive. I think it was. It just, was. It was great. Been it was so inspiring.
1: It was well. It was great that kind of because people were sort of people were a little bit iffy about us because I kind of um, I wanted to do like a nice cliffhanger, like. Um, I wanted a thing where it's like, you have to read the next issue, but like, not because you're afraid, but because, you know, you're looking forward to it. So, so that was kind of why we sort of staggered out the Vegas wedding the way we did or the way mm-hmm. I did. And like, and then I was like, I was thinking, and this way we can have, cause we were like, what if they're already married? Was like a suggestion that came up in the room, uh, back, when we still had physical writing rooms, and that was, I think, I think that was Joe Cazada who, who came up with that one. And I was like, oh, then we can have two weddings. So we kind of, we we kind of got the beat like in the series itself, and then we got like the the, the big gathering in the aftermath issue, and like, um, so yeah, I I think by the end, um, people's sort of fears had been quelled a little bit. Because also there were so many people going and going, they're going to kill them. They're going to kill them off. They're going to kill <laughs> somebody off. And it's just like, on the one hand, that's kind of, you know, you can say that's cynical, but on it it, it comes from a very legitimate fear with, you know, with big crossovers. But but in addition, I, I kind of wanted to do a sort of a story of, like, political intrigue. And I think there were kind of people who enjoyed that part of it and, and sort of really enjoyed the kind of, you know, space Game of Thrones sort of aspect to it, where you had, like, uh, all of these alien sort of, you know, plotting in the corridor and sort of, uh, oh, turns out I'm the, you know, I'm the royal grandma. And it's like, (laughs) that was a moment when I realized that, oh, because I was like, oh, let's have, let's have, like, Tanalth be, like, secretly, I think that was in, like, the the writing room we did for it. That was, like, uh, Tannoth, let's have her secretly be a Skrull Empress. Um, and, you know, like, pick one. And it was, <laughs> like, oh, let's pick this. And it turns out, yeah, let's pick the one that's... Um... And I didn't find out until, like, we were just starting to write the thing. That that's, yeah, that's, that's Teddy's grandma. Of course it is. And it's, like, well, wow, that's a thing. Um... <laughs> So yeah, and all of that just added to this. So in terms of, there's enough people who liked it, and um, that I I feel like it was a success. And you know, it did it did well for comic shops, like as they kind of came back into the distribution schedules, as you know, as like um, you know, Diamond started shipping books again. It so it sort of did the job. It was meant to do, and did the kind of the job it needed to do, which was sort of give people something nice to get people in the shops, um, where hopefully they are wearing masks and social distancing. But like, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with how it came out, and it also, it also gave me a starting point for a lot of plots in uh, Guardians and the new, uh, the new Sword book. There's obviously I kind of. That aftermath book i thought it needed a cliffhanger i there were a few people who were like oh why couldn't we just end on the nice thing and I, yeah <laughs> yeah you know now that you've said that i could have i could have been pleasant but no i decided to be cruel and wicked and sort of but that was kind of in that was in aid of like it was both the sort of oh there's bad stuff in the future but also it was like there are going to be Hulkling stories in the future. Yeah. Because the the other legitimate fear is like, okay, now he's had his big moment, we're going to pop him up on the shelf, the alien shelf. And it's like, I wanted to kind of say to people, no, no, he's going yeah. to have big stories in the future. And that is unfortunately the nature of superhero drama means that that's going to involve some pain. <laughs> um, he's gonna, he's gonna get hit in the face. Uh, Fair enough. And, but that's that's coming up in a future issue of the Sword Book. I could even at this point tell you which future issue, but I won't. Uh, okay. So you know.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, we've got Mark Mark, Mark Abnett saying um, he's talking about a whole bunch of the other books, which we'll get into. But any hints or insight to Sword or Kid Cable's involvement? Yeah, the uh, the Kid Cable
1: of it all is going to become. Uh, important as we go he plays a big role in uh, the first um, the first trade of sword in the kind of uh, we're sort of it's kind of um, it's going to be kind of interesting that that first trade of sword because we're sort of starting with a big number one issue and then we're going into king and in black and that's kind of we're taking that very much of the from the perspective of like sword deals with alien threats this is the biggest alien threat going right now yeah you know it's like we can't we can't not talk about it and if we're gonna talk about it yeah let's let's shove the little nabisco corner up you know let's kind of um let's do the whole let's do the whole business but at the same time we're kind of um the solicit just dropped for 3 which is basically saying you know yeah this is a king of black tyron it's also an issue of sword. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So we're kind of um but as part of the sort of king and black of it all, uh, Kid Cable has a big role to play in that. Um he's got like uh there's stuff once we're past that and into kind of because like I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about We've we've got to plan pretty hard far ahead in the X office. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, at the same time, you know, being able to sort of roll with the punches, but we we do plan pretty far ahead. And so I'm thinking about, you know, what Kid Cable gets up to in like the second trade, and that's again, there's big things for him. I'm sort of, I'm kind of taking, um, I'm taking Jerry's lead. uh and taking sort of, it's a very close knit office. Um, we do, we do a lot. We have a lot of meetings. We do a lot of chatting. We're kind of um, in each other's pockets to a certain extent, in a good way. And it's, um, it's really good to kind of have that level of connective tissue in a line. Um, and obviously, I'm doing the thing of like. Uh, sword is kind of the hub of a lot of things and that it's kind of like um it's where the space it's where space connects to the x-universe so it's looking in a lot of directions at once and um yeah that's gonna that's gonna come in i'm trying to balance the sort of the space of it and the mutants of it but i've got Big, there's big things planned on the mutant and then there's big things planned on the space end. I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking in both those directions and I'm sort of... And then, obviously, space, um, to come back to King, King in Black, space reflects the Marvel Universe, you know, decisions other writers make about... Um, obviously, I'm kind of coordinating all of these alien empires and how they interact and intersect and the whole Game of Thrones of that. But like you know, if if uh, the God of the Void wants to do crazy stuff with symbiotes on Earth, that's you know I'm I'm not going to ignore that. I'm going to yeah. take a big bite out of it, and that's what Sword is doing. And also, we have an issue of Guardians where we uh, we take a big bite out of the um, the venom, uh, the whole venom thing. Oh wow! So yeah, no, that's that's issue ten. Um, that's going to be in a couple of months um, and it also issue nine is uh, the return of Storlord. Uh so yeah by by issue ten you know we'll see what we'll see what Starlord is up to we'll see uh, how his absence has affected him and we will see what he does when he's up against some venoms so um yeah but you know i mean i'm um, um the nice thing about this crossover to tie into is that they're space aliens, and I write the space books, so it's like, yeah, it really is just another day of the office for like for my guys, <laughs> you know they don't have to they don't have to go out of their way to tie into King and black, you know they don't have to be like it's not like um you know with with the Hulk I have to think okay well what's he doing that brings him into how does this it's how does this Venn diagram intersect um, and it turns out that it intersects with a heart-warming uh, Christmas story that's also one of the most experimental issues we've done we're doing it without words whoa Um okay. it's, yeah it's basically I was I went in thinking like okay let's make this a sort of christmas narrative what about a wordless issue I kind of did it as a wordless I sort of plotted it as a wordless issue and went like okay we're probably not going to have much dialogue in this and you know and I was like laying it out and sort of saying to her and you know yeah and Aaron Kuda has come back with some of Best storytelling. Um has, it's just magnificent. And it was like, I was thinking, like, okay, should I add words to this? And you know, you you kind of like there's a bit of fear involved because it's like, oh, you know, our reader's you've, gonna like you've, it. You've, you've
0: set you've set your stall out. You might
1: as well Yeah Oh, uh, the to reader's it. gonna like it. But it was like, no, I've no, I've got to commit. I've got to commit to the bit, and it's like the art deserves that level of commitment um yeah so yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting it's going to be experimental it's going to be a thing where you really got to pour over the beautiful artwork uh even more than usual on the hulk and we have joe bennett so i would hope you were doing a lot of pouring but like <laughs> you know we're, we're kind of forcing you to this time because you got to like take it all in yeah. um because i'm not i'm not providing i'm not providing
0: words um and uh well, yeah. i mean if, if if there's one thing that's come out of empire it's we have seen not only established um, writers and artists doing some incredible work but also some real new talent being oh, able yeah. to play in the, in the in the fringes and I mean for myself I I kind of I didn't let myself down when it came to empire because I did stick to the core title and um kind of disappeared a little bit into one or two of the uh, the tie-ins because there was a lot of tie-ins for empire but I think the the joy of that was mm-hmm. it really did it was a spider web that went into all sorts of different corners yeah. and it allowed a lot of gr- real creative juices to flow from some amazing talents what was this what were the highlights for yourself when it came to the times well
1: I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna combine this with a plug because um i think it just dropped last wednesday the uh the trades uh paperback of uh lords of empire which were like the big the big sort of time specials That's the ones i picked up yep there was um there's some great ones there's the the huckman one the um the uh the celestial messiah one I was forgetting his formal title there and and the Swordsman <laughs> one. And they're all like um so those were some these were some great ones. There were some sort of rollicking kind of superhero uh things. Those ones those ones got really kind of deep into like character drama. So like that's that's kind of um that is that's your that that's your my, wheelhouse. That is my meat. Um um but like anthony olivera did like um you know amazing, amazing alex packnadel uh again like brilliant work um obviously you know all all of the artists who like i should have looked up before answering this question but i didn't um but like in terms of um i i'm a bit sorry for the times we didn't get to see uh I kind of made a command decision to sort of carry on because by the time I knew that we definitely weren't going to be seeing some of the tie-ins. Issue two, which was our, like, break up the band and let them sort of... The idea was, like, the big three will sort of go to their separate places and we'll kind of keep hold of Iron Man, but we'll sort of take him out of the armour and kind of put him in. And like the idea was to sort of give the FF a little more, well, give the non Reed Richards FF a little more space to shine, you know. Give the um, give the the other Avengers, give you know Black Panther, Captain Marvel, a little more kind of uh, a little more room. Um, but I've got also, a cracking idea. Uh, I've actually
0: got artwork. <laughs> let's put some artwork. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do, let's do it. Because I mean, um... j- I mean, like I say, I've, I've 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 drawn from the the core titles uh for the artwork. Uh but um yeah, I and mean, it's like you were saying I mean, the, I mean there's some go for will, it keep, keep going.
1: No, I will say I I have rarely been happier than when I you know we were talking about like Sword and uh Jordan and Alice the, the editors and that but basically dropped me an email saying listen we're gonna get Valerio and uh Mate into in for that and i was like oh oh that's wonderful we get to keep working together and and you know and valeria was into it as well which you know we empo was a tough road to hoe in contrast sword is much more kind of like um a more relaxed like Sword. i mean empo was like the deep end uh for a yeah. working partnership and, like, um, you know, working together on Sword, we're just, it's really chill in comparison. Uh, but, you know, to have, to have like an artist and a color artist do an event with you and still want to work with you, that's like, you know, that's a wonderful <laughs> thing. So I'm very grateful to have those guys still on board um and yeah we're gonna be oh some wonderful comics coming out issue issue one of sword went to press very recently um yeah. it's a thing of beauty um i'm very much i'm very much plugging it right now uh it's it's absolutely and you know it's full of it's full of this kind of thing but um and it was it was great it was good writing the thing uh i was very happy to write the thing if, um, out of all of the characters I got to write in Empire, I think uh, I am getting to sort of really get my teeth into Ben Grimm, and he's coming up in the next issue of uh, of Immortal Hulk as as readers of this Indeed. issue. Um, we've, got, we've got
0: a little bit of a tease for that in a bit. Oh, um, I mean, oh, when oh, it yeah, comes yeah. to when it comes to the characters that um, you really love to dive yeah. into, it's yeah. those big characters which have. That make a big impression when they put their foot down, but there's so much going on underneath, um, and that's obviously it definitely reflected yeah. in what you were doing with the thing on Empire. Um, but also, like I say, the, what you were doing with um, the rest of the cast was just incredible. And the reason why I, I decided to bring up the artwork is when you were talking about the um, the, uh, the, the the characters that uh, the you, you instead of say the, the Iron Man. Like, the, the, you wanted to kind of step into the other characters' shoes and really kind of, really stretch their legs and uh, do what yeah. you, you did with Empire. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, carry
1: on. No, it's, I, I kind of feel like I, I wanted to give everybody a moment. Um And, like, you know, the characters that I kind of, I really like are kind of... um I mean'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of Iron man but I like him as a mess um, <laughs> so you know if I get a chance if I get a chance to to write him for a spell I'm probably gonna write messy Tony um and like um I'm writing Thor I, I I always when I'm not sort of um taking him out of the action early uh, because there are people who are still annoyed with me for breaking his skull, his skull that time. <laughs> yeah, well.
0: Um,
1: but you know, I, I, you know, people treat that as a one shot. It was, it wasn't a one punch. It was the last punch. You know, there was a whole big fight that happened before that issue even started. You know, that's take that as canon. Uh, we, we just, we just cut to the chase. Um, but I, I, I was very aware that you know. I I needed to do right by Thor, so I tried to give him a couple of, like, nice, big, chewy, epic moments. Uh, The original plan was to have him go off in his own time and kind of... um, And I I sort of, rather than kind of... um, When I knew that wasn't happening, rather than sort of excise Thor's big climactic moment, where he kind of comes back to the action, having sort of earned the power of Gaia... um, I, I decided to kind of keep that in anyway, and partly that was because I thought, you know, it. I wanted to be sort of nice to the Thor fans and kind of do a nice thing with Thor, give him a, a nice moment. But, I mean, that was like two pages that we could have used. Um, yeah. And I don't know, there's still part of me to this day that's like, eh, there was another way to play that where he... He sort of, you know, came back in the background with the other Avengers, and we kind of spent. I don't that think elsewhere. he
0: can do that with Thor. He needs
1: the big well, moment. He's, he's, such a, so. he's, such a, he's such a big ego, and he's such a big I'm glad, character. I'm, I'm glad to hear you confirm that I'm, I made the right decision because, like, I do, I do second guess myself in a lot of this stuff. I do, I do look at the old comics and go, like, yeah, maybe if I'd if I done that instead, you know. Um, but that was that was a good beat for Thor. I've probably got another like five minutes or so. I've probably got till about twenty-five past, and then I've got a I've got a tap out. Oh, so. oh, right,
0: okay. In that case, we'll make it real quick. No, no, Sorry, no. I, just I should have, real, I real should have said surprise. something
1: about that earlier.
0: Uh, this is well. Uh, we were talking before we came on. Uh, basically, when it comes to my interviews, it is a case of yeah. the guest tap, tapping out. But tapping I'll tell you what. Well, then this is really annoying uh, that we. I wanted to get into Immortal <laughs> Hulk. Because uh, there's plenty of that, that we could get into, but there's I definitely want to talk about uh, a book which Mark Abnett is talking about. Uh, yeah. With his uh, yeah. when he put up his question, uh, he, <laughs> we also talked about this before we came on air. Um, <laughs> how you refer to the actual book? We only find them when they're In, dead.
1: When I'm when I'm typing, it's uh, it's waftwood. it's you know <laughs> um, waft-wood. Uh but like that's you know in emails and in like uh on tweets you know whatever i'll sort of um i i just i just do the seven ladders um in conversation i'll either i'll either say the whole thing and you know because it's just a couple of you know we only find them when they're dead it's just a couple of seconds yeah. or you know if i'm sort of being casual about it i guess you know i'll shorten it to like where you find them I was thinking about like a hashtag, what a hashtag would be, and it's like, yeah, just the seven letters, you know. But um, there was a period when I was like, thinking, oh, I could have my own Wiktiv, uh when dead, um, but like, ah. but like, uh, no, you know. Fair enough. Um,
0: um, why now for a creator own story, and especially this particular? Why scratch this particular itch? I mean, I, I, the idea, I've been
1: lugging the idea around for a few years, like, um, I want to say about four years. I'm trying to, because I definitely had a word with an artist about it who was, who couldn't do it um, in, like, at, at a thought bubble. Um, but really, it was um, Boom kind of expressed an interest in doing a creator-owned thing with me and, like, I wanted to kind of, um, yeah, I, I wanted to do a sort of creative thing with them to sort of take, you know, take the boom deal for a spin. And uh, But what kind of swung it was I've been having a lot of, I've been having some difficulty getting an artist on this. Um, and they kind of had, uh, they sort of had Simone on speed dial. And i'd already worked with him on that hulk special and and they were able to sort of um do him in advance and you know do me in advance uh which meant that sort of made it a lot easier it just it just generally made it they made it very easy to to sort of get this going and there was a very long period of lead time which i ate most of um <laughs>
0: I was going go. Ask well, how long this because this is, I mean, it, it's a, a, a book which is. It's been the I'm, the not works gonna, I'm not. It, it's taking. I'm not going to say it's taking its time, but it's making sure that everything is in place. It's building a really secure foundation for it before it launches, literally into warp walt- into lightspeed. Um, yeah, but, yeah. And it's... I'm cu- I'm curious how long it took for you to get all the cogs in gear in place for this. I mean, it, it took a while. It's it's been at a
1: different pace to my regular schedule um to be at first it was close to like writing a novel um and I was kind of doing a lot of talking with uh Simone who who at the time had stuff like uh, Power Rangers and champions and things of that nature um so you know he was doing work but this was stuff he was sort of doing on the side was like the design and the kind of planning and the and back and forths about like how the world worked um but basically uh yeah what it um what it ended up uh i've I've got to be a little careful here because there's stuff coming up i don't want to spoil
0: okay
1: but it's quite it's quite an experimental book in a lot of ways, in that it's sort of I've I've really gone into it as like um I've I've said that it's gonna be fifteen issues and three trades. And then, you know, after that we I co-own it with Simone so you know i've given him like full permission to like spin it off and do more stories in that world if he wants to you know with other writers or you know i might come back or you know i might not um i'll see how i feel and that is that is a wonderful freedom that you have with creator Own stuff is that you can stop um but like uh yeah i'm very much planning it in terms of those three books and when we end issue five it'll become extremely apparent what i'm talking about uh but basically um and also i guess you know solicits my because we're going to do five issues and a break to sort of catch up with ourselves and five issues and a break and then five issues and then and then it'll be done and then you know like i say somebody has like 50 percent and permission for me to kind of do what he likes with the worlds or um and yeah, basically uh yeah, this is the so it's it's all the stuff like that with kind of Creator Own. The sort of um I'm I'm kind of in a position where I can sort of do things. <sighs> yeah, I have I have a lot of freedom at marvel but there are certain things that come with a a shared universe and being like a team player in a shared universe there are certain things that i can't do and i'm not talking about like you know some air pirate stuff where i like you know the mouse having sex it's it's not that stuff it's like basic sort of I have well, to I sort mean, of abide the, the, by the boundaries of the shared universe. Whereas, if I, I mean, create the way, my own so, universe, I don't have to. So, I can do anything.
0: The way I've been, the way I've been seeing it, um, it's been kind of like um, the work you do with Marvel and the work that you do um, when it's very much when you're spitting a lot of plates. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the uh, Cirque the Soleil, but the it's the it's the the ensemble cast. Everyone's out into the yeah. center ring. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone's kind of throwing the batons to each other, and everyone's catching, and everyone's doing that magic act. It's but a then, sport. every once in a while, it's one person in the middle with the center with the center spotlight, mm-hmm. and that's what for me. This is what this book is. It's you I mean, shining to do. Yeah,
1: and it's it's me and Simone in our kind of respective. Um, because he's you know he's he's the designer. He's the sort of. I'm kind of um, my relationship with him is very much sort of letting him, letting him play, sort of letting him lay things out, coming around back to it at the lettering draft stage, and sort of and basically, and this is another this is another nice thing with being we're working with um, Eric Harburn as as our editor, and uh, you know he's very good with notes, he's very good at sort of dropping in the notes when we need the notes uh because i'm i'm extremely laissez-faire and um so you know it's good that we've got somebody to sort of you know keeping an eye on the pot um yeah but at the same time uh i do you know i'll sort of throw stuff out to simone and he'll sort of juggle it and then throw it back to me and i'll be like very enamored by what he's done um and yeah, and that might have to be my last word because I do kind of have to run. Right. In um, that
0: case, we'll we'll say. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I mean, no, no, sorry, don't worry. we can't I mean, talk
1: Hulk. We'll do it. But again. The good thing
0: is, we'll just have to get you back, and we'll oh, just yeah. have to talk. We'll t- have to talk more. I mean, certainly with Hulk. I mean, I've seen in interviews uh, and uh, that you are, you've got stuff planned all the way through twenty twenty one. So looking forward to seeing what you're doing uh, with the, with the book. Uh, I mean, for myself, uh, I, I'm just really thrilled about the fact that. Um, yeah, you started off with the, the horrors of self and id, but now you're getting into some real horror tropes of alien possession. Uh, sorry, um demonic possessions and visits to hell. Yeah, so
1: there's there's stuff coming. That um, yeah. Joe Joe Bennett, surprising nobody,
0: uh, Joe Bennett has outdone himself again.
1: There is Shock horror surprise.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, really. I mean, I'm I'm blown away. By uh, we only find them when they're dead because that's just a stunning, astonishing, astonishing book. Mark Abner is uh, wanting to wrap things up. Um, If anyone, oh yeah, if anyone can make Fabian Cortez interesting, it's you. So that's Uh, what you want to say. uh, And oh, hang on, go on. Oh, I
1: was going to (laughs) say Fabian Cortez is is a wonderful, wonderful character, and if we can't. (laughs) If we can't make him likeable, we'll at least make his unlikableness very <laughs>
0: likeable. Fair enough. And he also says, I'm positive you don't need the help, but if you ever need some uh, deep cut cable history plot points, I'm always happy to help. Good vibes, uh, cough, immune to limbo magic. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, there uh, you go. Possible partnership okay. uh, on, on the cards there. Terrific. I'll I'll let you get off and enjoy the rest you. of your, your you. Saturday evening. So thank you too. so Wonderful. much indeed for doing this. Wonderful um, to, to and, go live with you. Yeah, well, number one, let's hope that we see each other yes, IRL yes. again somewhere down the line. And, yeah, let's see if we can get you back, if anything. Um, sure. I'd like, and certainly maybe in the uh, beginning of the year, I'd like to talk when Immortal Hulk into 2021. That'd that be that like would
1: me. be that would be a good time. Yeah. Good time. And also,
0: look, like you say, we'll also have that first arc of uh, um, Willow Dead. Um, <laughs> we'll have that. To, that's that's what I'm calling Watch it. Willow the Will the yes. Dead. The first arc of that done. I'm really curious to see how that's all going to pan out. Al, it's been a pleasure. Take care. And thank you You so much indeed for coming. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Excellent stuff. Um, If you haven't checked it out, do. We only find them when they're dead. It's out from Boom Studios. Um, Everyone's firing on all cylinders, and it's really big stuff. Um, Very, very impressive indeed. Uh, Do go check out that book, and of course, all the trades and all the stuff for Empire, um, if there's plenty of it, it's a a hell of a meal. Um, Do dive into as much of that as you possibly can. Um, Thank you very much indeed to Al for uh, joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure to have him. Um, I I do have uh, somewhere that you can go to. Didn't ask him, but um, if you head to his Twitter, uh, he's very forthcoming on um, just talking to people, interacting and talking about his books. Al underscore Ewing on the old Twitters, and I believe it's the same as well for his uh, Instagram as well, so there we go. Right, that has been our show, it's been a fun one, um, we kind of let Al just wander off, and we kind of ran out of time, it's the first time that's happened, so there we go. Um, but we do have ourselves um, uh, some guests that are coming up, uh, which I'm really excited about sharing with you, uh, because we have, first and foremost, uh, we have ourselves... Um, A great guest this, uh, well, tomorrow, which is uh, Mike Ciccini. I want to check how he's going to say his his name. Mike Ciccini. We'll go with that. He's the editor-in-chief of Den of Geek. Um, Heaven knows, I think there's literally only two films left from the temples, which is Free Guy and Black Widow. We had the word this week about uh, what um, uh, uh, Wonder Woman 84 is doing, going into uh, cinemas and streaming. Uh, On HBO Max, we're going to get into the landscape of fandom and the business of um, pop culture. Um, If there's anybody who has an idea and a sense of that, it's somebody who writes about it and has a site about it. Geek is well worth checking out. On Monday, we are going to be talking to um, the creative team, the writers of um, Jupiter Jet. Uh, Now, Jupiter Jet has got a new book, uh, or the character is in, in a new book. Um, And we're gonna be talking to Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson. We've had Jason on the show before, but now we're gonna have the pair of them coming on. Um, It's gonna be a slightly different time Um, For the Americans, it's gonna be great. For the Brits, not so much. Are you ready? Um, They're only available to join us at 4 p.m. Pacific. So that I believe is 4 p.m. Pacific um, something like 7 or 8 uh, uh, Eastern and midnight on Monday night Uh, I'm still saying it's Monday on the listing there, but uh, yeah, we're basically going to be having um, Jason and Ashley joining us, and I'm going to be setting up in the kitchen, away from everybody, so I'm not waking everybody up else else in the house. Uh, But we're going to be talking to them about Jupiter Jet. Um, Really looking forward to talking to that one. Yet to have uh, the confirmation about our Wednesday, 25th of November show, and we also have um, some possible changes going off about the White Noise Studios episode it will be going ahead on the Sunday but there's other stuff that could be happening more to come uh keep an eye on my social media certainly at the beginning of the uh of the week uh, Englishman SDCC all the updates but we'll be doing our best to getting white noise studios on again with the tw- 2nd of December that's going to be the last of our lockdown Wednesdays um we're going to be doing uh, a special episode special guest to come uh keep your eye open for r- our announcement on that Sunday the 6th of December we're missing a name there um it says Amanda Diver is somebody who has done some great work on Wonder Woman recently. She's a fantastic comic writer and also just somebody really cool to follow online. Uh, really um, engages with her fans, um, a fantastic uh, uh, interactive writer. Uh, but we're also going to be taught, joined by Mark Serby as well on Sunday the 6th of December, so that's going to be an interesting show. So that's all really good. Um, let's have a look at a uh, Danbury uh, widow. Has already moved to May twenty twenty one. Rare. Okay. Um, you're gonna have to let me know when that happened because I miss. I must have missed that. I've been very busy this week. <laughs> I've been distracted. Give me a break. Uh, and Aaron neighbors nice love Ashlyn uh, Jason and Ashley. Yeah. Uh, like I say, for the uh, the Americans in the audience, it's going to be ideal. Uh, it's going to be late evening, early late early afternoon, late evening for me. Not so much bit of a late night, but it's going to be fun. So there you go. That's our show. Take care. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. We are back to our um, Sunday show tomorrow, 10am Pacific, 1pm Eastern, 6pm GMT uh, for another Talking Con, A Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego. From myself to you guys for following along and watching, and uh, from Al Ewing as well, spending time with us uh, talking about his books. Uh, From me to you, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and hopefully you'll join me tomorrow for Talking Con a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego we'll see you soon bye bye Talking Con a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego is a production of the Convention Collective visit the Convention Collective for all of your convention news and updates and support the podcast at patreon.com, Englishman